The Gospel of Mark, Chapter 9 Then he added, Believe me, there are some of you standing here who will know nothing of death until you have seen the kingdom of God already come in power. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and James and John with him and led them high up on a hillside where they were entirely alone. His whole appearance changed before their eyes, while his clothes became white, dazzling white, whiter than any earthly bleaching could make them. Elijah and Moses appeared to the disciples and stood there in conversation with Jesus. Peter burst out to Jesus, Master, it is wonderful for us to be here. Shall we put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah? He really did not know what to say, for they were very frightened. Then came a cloud which overshadowed them and a voice spoke out of the cloud. This is my dearly loved son, listen to him. Then quite suddenly they looked all round them and saw nobody at all with them but Jesus. And as they came down the hillside, he warned them not to tell anybody what they had seen till the Son of Man should have risen again from the dead. They were deeply impressed by this remark and tried to puzzle out among themselves what rising from the dead could mean. Then they asked him this question, Why do the scribes say that Elijah must come before Christ? It is quite true, he told them, that Elijah does come first and begins the restoration of all things. But what does the scripture say about the Son of Man? This, that he must go through much suffering and be treated with contempt. I tell you that not only has Elijah come already, but they have done to him exactly what they wanted, just as the scripture says of him. Then, as they rejoined the other disciples, they saw that they were surrounded by a large crowd and that some scribes were arguing with them. As soon as the people saw Jesus, they ran forward excitedly to welcome him. What is the trouble? Jesus asked them. A man from the crowd answered, Master, I brought my son to you because he has a dumb spirit. Wherever he is, it gets hold of him, throws him down on the ground, and there he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth. It's simply wearing him out. I did speak to your disciples to get them to drive it out, but they hadn't the power to do it. Jesus answered them, Oh, what a faithless people you are. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him here to me. So they brought the boy to him, and as soon as the spirit saw Jesus, it convulsed the boy, who fell to the ground and writhed there, foaming at the mouth. How long has he been like this? Jesus asked the father. Ever since he was a child, he replied. Again and again it has thrown him into the fire or into water to finish him off, but if you can do anything, please take pity on us and help us. If I can do anything, retorted Jesus, everything is possible to the man who believes. I do believe the boy's father burst out. Help me to believe more. When Jesus noticed that a crowd was rapidly gathering, he spoke sharply to the evil spirit with the words, I command you, deaf and dumb spirit, come out of this boy and never go into him again. The spirit gave a loud scream and after a dreadful convulsion, left him. The boy lay there like a corpse so that most of the bystanders said, he is dead. But Jesus grasped his hands and lifted him up and then he stood on his own feet. When he had gone home, Jesus' disciples asked him privately, Why were we unable to drive it out? Nothing can drive out this kind of thing except prayer, replied Jesus. Then they left that district and went straight through Galilee. Jesus kept this journey secret, for he was teaching the disciples that the Son of Man would be betrayed into the power of men, that they would kill him, and that three days after his death, he would rise again. But they were completely mystified by this saying, and were afraid to question him about it. So they came to Capernaum. And when they were indoors, he asked them, 
What were you discussing as we came along the road? They were silent, for on the way they had been arguing about who should be the greatest. Jesus sat down and called the twelve and said to them, If any man wants to be first, he must be last and servant of all. Then he took a little child and stood him in front of them all, and putting his arm round him, said to them, Anyone who welcomes one little child like this for my sake is welcoming me, and the man who welcomes me is welcoming not only me, but the one who sent me. Then John said to him, Master, we saw somebody driving out evil spirits in your name, and we tried to stop him, for he is not one who follows us. But Jesus replied, You must not stop him. No one who exerts such power in my name would readily say anything against me. For the man who is not against us is on our side. In fact, I assure you that the man who gives you a mere drink of water in my name, because you are followers of mine, will most certainly be rewarded. And I tell you too, that the man who disturbs the faith of one of the humblest of those who believe in me would be better off if he were thrown into the sea with a great millstone hung round his neck. Indeed, if it is your own hand that spoils your faith, you must cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to keep both your hands and go to the rubbish heap, where the fire never dies. If your foot spoils your faith, you must cut it off. It is better for you to enter life on one foot than to keep both your feet and be thrown onto the rubbish heap. And if your eye leads you astray, pluck it out. It is better for you to go one-eyed into the kingdom of God than to keep both eyes and be thrown onto the rubbish heap, where decay never stops and the fire never goes out. For everyone will be salted by fire. Salt is a good thing, but if it should lose its saltiness, what can you do to restore its flavor? You must have salt in yourselves and live at peace with each other.